Welcome everyone to episode 12 of Blood of the Dice, the only actual play podcast where death means you never have to hear from us ever again. Parting is such sweet sorrow, and we live to make ourselves and our audience very fucking sad. My name is Brian, I'm the creator and producer of this podcast, but more importantly, I play our resident artificer, Basil Cork. Uh, my name is Camille, I pay, play, oh gosh, I play Pebble Soot, uh, we're not doing any any mention of what how we're feeling pebble so it's not doing emotionally well i'll just say that oh you, you can you can mention as many feelings as you'd like okay uh my name's jake i play cork grizzly bringing the hurt and smelling like dirt and um i'm feeling trepidatious of course cork does not know that word that, that was a jake word I'm not, I'm not certain I know that word. <laughs> I don't think Jake knows no, that I word. No, I don't, okay? I was just trying to show off. <laughs> I am Joe, and I play Borcoro Voldenara, the uh, archer extraordinaire uh, who's kicking butt left and right and playing with fire all the night. All right. And I am Alex. I am your dungeon master this evening and your guide through the Balanoc Mountains. So it's going to be so much time and so little to do. Okay, so where we left this, leaving Argon Bostholt, you continue to travel the dark and gnarled Svalich woods to Crest, where Irina firmly believes she will find safety or at least solace. The snow-dusted village built in the shadow of the abbey is circumvented by high, unscalable walls. The Burgomaster, Baron Dmitry Kreskov, denies entrance to outlanders as a rule. When you petition on behalf of Irina, he tells you that he has been tending to his dying son and has not been able to investigate troubles at the nearby vineyard. The latest shipment of wine is well overdue. Baron Kreskov agrees to give you access to the village if you secure a delivery of wine. The Baron also allows you to make camp in the shadow of the village walls, benefiting from the guards keeping watch. In the night, you each have a vivid dream of an encounter with Strahd von Zarevich. The dream world is rich with imagery of Taroka cards, and Strahd's words are cryptic, mysterious, and seemingly portentous. Traveling to the vineyard, the Wizard of Wines, you are waylaid by the elderly, curmudgeonly proprietor, Davian Martikov, and his children and grandchildren. Davian tells you that they have been driven from the winery by the wild folk of Mount Gakkas who have overtaken it. You also come to understand that Davian is the father of Erwin Marnikov, keeper of the Blue Water in Velaki, and the two have a strained relationship. Leaving Irina with the Marnikovs, you resolve to reclaim the winery from the mountain folk. As you approach, you are attacked by a horde of crawling, bristling creatures of living sticks, thorns, and vines. You clear the winery of the monsters, but in doing so, accidentally ruin some of the wine. The Marnikovs are grateful, but still fear for the winery's future. The vineyard's fertility is the product of three magical seed gems made by a wizard in ancient times. All of these gems have been stolen, leaving the vineyard unable to produce more wine. One has been missing for 10 years, but the other two have only recently been stolen. The Mardikov suspect the theft of the gems may be linked to the mountain folk, whom they say gather in the hill of graves portended by Madame Eva, or to an ancient evil lurking in the swamps near Argenbostol. Davian agrees to ship what little wine remains in their stores to Crest, asking you to escort the delivery. So morning after you are invited to stay in the winery, your stay is safe and you are fed and provided with, with drinking water, things of that nature. Um, you come to learn that part of what has the Mardikovs very upset is that of those giant uh, fermentation vats that you did not destroy, what wine remains has been poisoned by the mountain folk. So parting with these last five barrels is going to be, um, it's gonna be a really big deal. 
because that's it. That's all they have left. And more importantly, ruining that vat of wine inside was not a problem. And Basil is was right to do so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next morning, Davian's sons, uh, Adrian and Elber, you know, they hitch up the draft horses to the wagons and they load in the five barrels and they start the march up north through the muddy footpath back to the main Spalich Road. The whole time that you're traveling, just a whole cloud of ravens perpetually circles overhead um, and, and roosts in the nearby trees every now and then hopping just to keep pace with you guys as you're traveling. I, I understand that they're the good guys, but I am still greatly unnerved. Do the do the Martikov say anything about this? Like, do they register the presence of the ravens at all? It's It's very unlikely. There's so many of them. And in such close proximity to you that it's impossible for them to have not noticed. But no, they don't, they don't seem phased by it at all. They do, though, after a moment, you gotta, since you ask, they do seem, you do perceive just a moment of uneasiness as the two of them seem to be looking back and forth, having, having sort of a psychic conversation the way that some siblings are able to do even well into adulthood. And eventually, uh, Elver, the youngest of Davian's sons, says, uh, so, so you are all from beyond the mists. You're all outlanders yes there was something that we were hoping to ask you ask away what's the sun like oh that that immediately makes basil very sad to hear it is a great ball of fire the breast within the sky it warms every single day and you know that when you go to bed at night it will always be waiting for you in the morning it is greater than any form of water on the earth if you leave water out in the sun, the water will disappear as the sun will drink it, robbing it of its power. Vorkoro. Also, not wrong. it's really fun to stare at. Don't discount the clouds, though. They are of Umberly, and they bring rain, which is beautiful. And the gloom and the storms, they have their own beauty. I feel like we're getting off track don't here. It's starting to sound a little bit like Strad now. That's all I'm saying. I mean, okay, Pe- Pebble, Vorkoro, great. Um, yes, the sun is warm, rain is nice. Cork, please don't stare at the sun. <laughs> to answer your question, actually, I think Vorkoro, oddly enough, did a, a fairly nice job of that until he started putting down other forms it, of natural it got a resources. Political, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, so, so between all that, they, they seem not dissatisfied with your answers, but. It was it was more information than they really wanted. Uh, yeah, I think it just to say like it's nice. It feels good. <laughs> it was kind of a yes, but also no moment for them. <laughs> they they told us last night that the wine was poisoned. Uh, yeah, I mean you you learned that. Okay. Well, why do you? Because I like when when I rest, I prepare new spells. So I'd like to prepare a, a purify. I I did prepare a the purify food and drink spell second level spell so if possible i'd like to cast that on what remaining wine they have that is poisoned so how much um how much drink will that actually purify let me see i'm I'm racing you to it all food and drink within a five foot radius that's centered on the point of my choice so i guess like one barrel i can cast so, so bear in mind, you're talking about fairly large fermentation. Okay. Bats. So I would say that to purify all of it, you need to cast that spell at least twice. Okay. But it would certainly be appreciated. I'm going to do it. It's two first level spells. 
Okay. So yeah, I will go over and purify their remaining poisoned wine. Now I feel like a dick for not having prepared that spell as well. Um, yeah, no, they're very, again, this is wine that is still being fermented, so it's not of immediate use to them, but that's that's huge. You just significantly increase the amount of wine that they will be able to produce before the winery is, in essence, defunct. All right. And they very much are appreciative of you and what you have done for them, despite the unsatisfactory answer to the sun question. <laughs> Listen, don't discount the clouds. They're lovely. There are plenty of clouds. Plenty of these uh, people have nothing but clouds. It's trying to give them hope. So eventually, you come to the familiar crossroads uh, and the bridge spanning the little stream, and for the the road that you know from Basil's map is going to lead westward towards Cresc. Um, That's fucking nice. Ooh. Okay. Coming the other way through the mist comes a skeletal warhorse and rider. Both are clad in ruined chainmail. The skeletal rider holds up a rusted lantern that sheds no light. We, we can't hide. We have a whole fucking wagon, don't we? Well, so first off, you guys might not remember, but you haven't yeah, seen we this before. Last time. You and it worked out great. It comes around the corner a little too fast, but it doesn't really seem particularly interested in you. It just sort of rides on by, looking off into the, the depths of the woods by the side of its lightless lantern. Uh, I think Basil turns to the Markov and like, is that a normal thing? Because we've seen that guy a couple times now, and I, I I don't think repetition in this regard is appreciated. No, he's he's around. <laughs> so, he's uh, he's so around? Casual. Who, what, who what, is? What, what, is, I mean, what is he? He's he's a the, the rider, I suppose. Um, both both rider and mounts uh, perish trying to escape through the fog, and uh, the legends say that they're doomed to ride through the valley in search of another way out. Of course, they will never be successful. So, yeah, you see him time and again if you if you travel along this fallish road. Oh, oh, well, that's uh, unsettling, but I suppose. Ultimately good news that it's not dangerous. Yeah, it seems pretty great news because most things are harmful. Yes, very much so. I hope he finds where he's going. It seems unlikely, but... We can hope. We can hope. He'll be guided by the clouds of Umberly. Again, eventually, you and the, the wagon and the ravens come to the turnoff, come to the junction where... The path snakes up the, the snow-dusted hillside towards the gatehouse of Kresk. Um, and again, you know, you've, you've been here before. You've seen this site before. Uh, atop the parapet, there are four guards with spears and wearing large fur hats. Um, they see you and they give an immediate look of intense happiness. Of course, you do have wine with you. It's, it's definitely to see us. That's, that's the real reason. It's not, it has nothing to do with the wine. And again, by the time that you and the wagon make it up to the gates themselves, again, the little the little hatch has opened up and you see the Burgermaster's face there. Well, it is it is good to see you again. Thank you so much for for bringing for bringing the wine. We are certainly indebted to you. Uh, when last you came, you were partitioning our aid. So why don't you you please step inside our, our village walls and, and we can begin to arrange our terms. Gladly. All right. Um, last chance, I guess, if anybody had anything they wanted to discuss with the uh, the Mardikovs or anything like that, because they're about to turn around. 
I, I mean, I think we're going to see them again soon because we're planning to take them up on that offer to go to the Hill of Graves. I guess we, we should ask where we can find them or do we already know where we can find them? I can't remember. Just go back to the winery. Yeah, I guess I assumed they would still be there. Yeah. I mean, I thought we fucked that place up, but okay, fair enough. So the, uh, the Burgermaster ushers you into the village. Uh, the misshrouded village beyond the wall is nothing more than a scattering of humble wooden cottages along a dirt road that stretches between stands of snow-dusted pine trees, so many trees. In fact, as to constitute a forest, to the northeast, gray cliffs rise sharply, and the road winding up to the abbey is easy to see from this vantage. Uh, the Burgermaster's home is nearest the village gate. It is the largest of the homes in the area, but still only a single-story pinewood cottage with a stone chimney and a thatched roof. Beyond a heavy wooden door, reinforced with iron bands and a heavy bolting mechanism, is a cozy room dominated by a large hearth. The dying firelight and a few guttering candles cast the room in a dim reddish glow, enough to illuminate the corpse of a lanky 14-year-old boy laying out on a shroud on the table. Nearby, a handsome woman of middle age with dark skin and light hair sits with her head bowed as if in prayer. Uh, Pebble, I think this is this is your area of expertise. Um, okay, I I want to walk over. I mean, is he dead? Oh yes. I don't know if I have any rays from the dead abilities. As as you do approach, the, the woman stands up and she she says after after the the Baron makes some some short introductions. Uh, this is our son, Ilya. These last seven days, he had suffered with illness such that confounded the few cunning folk of our village. We grieve his passing as we did our other three children. Oh. Oh. Sorry for your loss. I wish we'd been able to help him sooner. Well, I, I don't know that there's much that you could have done. What happened to him? Creeping sickness. You know, infatigo, dropsy, gaffard. I don't, I don't know, Camille. I don't know. I thought maybe I it was, was a curse or something. I was about to ask you to explain creeping sickness. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be something like, because if all their kids, I don't know. Okay. No, that's that's the official that's the official diagnosis, oh, that's, creeping that's, sickness. Okay. Well, then I would get as far away from the body as possible. <laughs> um, Baron says, it is, of course, a, a terrible blow for so many reasons. And after the kindness you have shown us, I, I only regret that it coincides with such trouble for for everyone really i don't mean to sound cold as much as we grieve for our children we fear what their death portends at our age this surely will mean the end of the crescent bloodline and an uncertain future for the village but but that is our trouble what's of your needs uh the basil kind of like ushers irina forward it's like well as we said it before we are seeking uh asylum for Irina here, she is the daughter of the burgomaster of the village of Barovia and needs protection from the devil. Irina, by the way, as you bring her forward, she, of course, has been raised as the daughter of a burgomaster. She understands instinctively what sort of obsequies are expected at this time. But having spent a lot of time with her, you can tell she's very, she's very fidgety. She's like, you know, she's, she's clearly got something on her mind right now. And it's everything that she can do to stay focused on the situation at hand of, of coming into a house of mourning on top of everything else. And the, the Baron asks, um, well, of, of, of what would you have us do for this woman? What's the, what's the place that we heard about? It was, it was like a monastery or a hospital that was supposed to be the, right abbey? the abbey. Yeah. 
it, it was the it was the priest back in Barovia who told us about it, right? Yes. What was his name? Father Petrovich. No, that was in Balaki. Oh. Father Danovich. Danovich. Oh, so similar. <laughs> it's it's yeah. basically the same guy. Uh, Father Father Danovich back in Barovia spoke of uh, an abbey that was what's well, it now? I'm drawing a blank. As soon as you say the word abbey, you can like feel both of them tense up. That's not the reaction we were hoping for. Is everything all right? Um, the Baronesses, uh, the, the Abbey of St. Markovia was named after a priestess of the Morning Lord who took a stand against the Devil Strahd. After a fierce uprising, Markovia and her most loyal followers stormed the castle on the pillar, only to be themselves destroyed. It had once been a hospital and a convent, but it fell on hard times after the land was swallowed up by the mists. Some of the clergy fell prey to the cogs of the Svalich woods, while others were others went mad and either starved themselves to death or turned to cannibalism. Oh, no one from Cresc visits the Abbey anymore. Um, the bell still rings at odd times. What rings the bell? Oh, well, the abbot, I imagine. So it's not totally abandoned. Oh, it's not abandoned at all. As I said, the, the bell will ring day or night. And when it does, the place is filled with baleful screams and horrible laughter that can be heard throughout the village. No one is very interested in investigating, so we're left to trust that the abbot has things under control. I have to say, I understand that impulse. Is there a second safe place around here that we could take Irina? I mean, you're welcome to go. The, the abbey is open to all. Just no one has had any interest in, in going there, and the abbot keeps to himself. It is at this point Orkoro would sit on the ground Put his face in his hands and sigh greatly. It's also at this point that there is a sudden sharp knocking on the door of the Crescent's cottage. The Baron opens it just wide enough to reveal the face of a spear-wielding village guard. Uh, apologies for the intrusion, but um, the abbot has come to pay his respects. Oh, that's fortuitous timing. The door opens wider to reveal a tall man in a brown monk's robe. A painted wooden holy symbol hangs from a chain around his neck. Even in the dim light, what is clear right away is that the abbot, who appears no more than 30 years old, is a man of striking beauty, almost disturbing in its inhuman perfection. He moves into the room with the grace of a saint, and as he brushes past you, the elegant contours of his musculature can be perceived even through his ample, shapeless clothing. My apologies for intruding upon a house of sadness, he says, but I believe I may be of some assistance. To, to us or to... Oh, no, he says this to okay. the Baron okay. Baronet, who is somewhat afraid to contradict the handsome visitor, and they stand aside. The abbot approaches the body of Ilya Kreskov, holds his wide, elegant hands, lowers his head, and begins to chant a prayer. I, I would step forward and be like, excuse me, what are you doing to that child? Suddenly, the body of Ilya spasms to life with a horrible, rattling scream. Still on the table, the now wide-eyed boy flails his limbs madly, gaping for air and screaming, Get them off me! Help me! Get them off me! Oh my... I would go over and I would push the abbot away from him. Okay. Um, the, the boy continues to just sort, sort of writhe on the table, looking like he's trying to push things away from him that you cannot I, I, see. I would try to address the child. I'd be, I, there is nothing here. Are they invisible? And I would swipe with the air above the child. I, I I would be like, everyone stay back. There might be something invisible. I do not understand. What do you need, child? 
He takes no notice of you, but the Baron and Baroness immediately rush to his side and try to calm him down and move him from the table. With my, you know, magical educational background, do I have like any idea what kind of spell was just cast here? Um, I'm assuming it was a spell. I guess it might not have been. Give me a roll. Uh, Arcana? Uh, 15. Some kind of religious magic. Wonderful. With uh, out of your wheel. Yeah, so I think Basil looks over to Bevel. I know. It's like I got, like shrugs, like I got nothing. Can I I guess maybe like insight? If you want. Okay. Also, what languages does Pebble speak? I speak uh Elvish and Primordial and Common. Okay. Um and I got a 27 on my insight check. Trying to figure Ooh. out what what spell he's casting. To 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 aid in that, is there any chance the guy was speaking either celestial or infernal? He was definitely speaking celestial. And to uh, Pebble's question, it was definitely some kind of powerful resurrection spell. Okay, I'd be asking you, but what did you do to that child? He just kind of he just kind of smiles at you and just you know some some big like I have restored his soul. Meanwhile, the Baron and Baroness are are trying to negotiate the boy through a door into a back room, presumably to a bed or somewhere more fit for him to, to rest. But you can hear him sort of wailing and shrieking from Where deeper in the cottage. Where was soul before you restored it? Because I think it came back broken. Um, he just kind of, you know, closes his eyes and shakes his head as to say just, oh, how could someone like you possibly understand the miracles that I work? <laughs> um, get ready to punch this guy. Uh, I think Basil's trying to step between <laughs> this guy and Orkoro. The Baron... The Baron immediately rushes, or, or shortly thereafter, rushes back out of the room. You can tell that, that Ilya and his mother are still in the back, and she's trying to calm him down, and he just begins to offer profuse but, but fairly bland you know, messages of, of thanks and, and respect. The abbot raises his strong hand in a gesture of humility and says, All things work for good. I ask that if you would repay me for this blessing, you might do so by furnishing me with something I can use to the benefit of all. I require a wedding dress. And as it happens, I must have it within the month. It would be unfortunate if I were unable to obtain one. Without waiting for a response, the abbot turns and sweeps out of the cottage, leaving the baron in stunned silence. Wow. I feel like we need to work on our negotiating skills because we rarely get anything cool. And this guy is just asking for whatever he wants. Well, can you bring people back to life? Even though it is ill-advised. I can kill them, which is like same side of the different coin or whatever. Maybe come something we'll have to do soon. Um, I want to ask the the Baron, did you expect the abbot to come and do that? Or was that a surprise? I have only a few times in my life even seen this man, never before in my own home, that he could work such such miracle i i apologize my my head is quite spinning with the events of the last few moments that he he sits down on, on a bench near the table clearly like just you know you can imagine uh, perhaps you can imagine you know can we still hear the kid screaming it seems that he is being calmed but it's it's definitely it's a, it's a slow and, and painful process can i go check on the child who is i imagine with his mother um, sure. Let's deal with that in a moment. In the means, did anybody else have anything that they wanted to ask uh, or speak to the Baron about? 
I, I don't mean to be indelicate here, but the abbot had a an otherworldly quality to him. Is he perhaps not human? That, that is that is quite a thing to ask. The the abbot, as as you are, is an outlander himself. As to his true nature, I should perhaps tell you that he has been up there now since the time of my grandfather. He occasionally visits the Shrine of the White Sun, but does not talk much. No one knows his name or where he came from. Some of the village fear him as they do Strahd and wonder if he's not a cub or servant to the devil. Do people usually come back to life in your town? Is that the thing that... You left the room. <laughs> Fair. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about when Vorkoro dips into the next room down where he sees... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a family bedroom. There's a large bed and then uh, a, a rickety ladder leading up to a loft where, where the, the children and pets would sleep. But given the, the circumstances, um, Baroness Kreskov is sitting, has, has laid the boy down on, on her bed where she's trying to soothe him. And, and he's, he's, he's lying still, but sort of she's, she's rubbing his back while he lies there in a fetal position. And he's clearly just sobbing into a pillow. But she, she's at least calmed him to the point where he's, he's still. I'm I'm gonna roll investigation on him. I want to make sure he is actually alive. Um, okay. I only got an eight, but like yeah, I mean, there's nothing about him that suggests. If you had not seen his dead body lying there for ten minutes without taking a breath, you would never have suspected that he was not alive. Just apparently in a great okay, state of agitation. So he just seems psychologically traumatized, physically, all right. Yes. I'm gonna leave that room, and uh, I think I'm gonna leave this whole topic back. <laughs> all right. What is what is Irina's take on all this? Irina is totally lost in her own thoughts. She's staring sort of blankly out the window, arms folded, sort of absentmindedly chewing on her own lip, looking for all the world like she might bite it off. There's something very intense going on inside of her mind at the moment. Lord Baron, we will leave you to, I guess, celebrate the the return of your son. We, we have other business to attend to in town, I suppose. Uh, you're, you're welcome to walk abroad. Um, the people of this town are, by and large, self-sufficient. You will not find much but other, other dwellings where people live in, and raise their own animals. But the, the village is open to you. I suppose it is for me now to identify where I might get a wedding dress. Uh, well, if we hear any news on that front, we will let you know. As you're moving out, Basil, Irina leans over to you and she says, do you seriously not hear that? Hear what? Do you not hear the singing? Basil looks around. Uh, no, no, I don't. Concerning. She, she points off to the north. She says, I think that there's, there's singing coming from over there. Is it like within the house or like? No, you're, she's, she's sort of moving outside the house, just pointing up the, the path through the, the wooded neighborhood. And do we perchance see an abbey looming in the distance to where she's pointing? You do, but it's not in the direction where she's pointing, now. Oh, interesting. Mm. Uh, once we're, like, outside and away from the Baron, uh, I guess it posed the question to everyone else. Is, like, am I am I the problem here, or is, is she experiencing something? Is anyone else here singing? I'm not hearing any singing. No. Irina is determined. She's going to go find out what the singing is about and where oh. it's coming from. All right, let's go with her. I'll go with her. I, I do not believe we should stay in this town too long. 
Uh, I do not know about you, but bringing a child back to life has left me feeling like this is probably not a good place to be. Irina, you, you said you felt like you needed to come here, right? Like, like something was pulling you to Kresk. No, yeah, this is, this is uh, she, she's having a really hard time staying out of her own head, staying out of her own thoughts, even long enough to have a, a proper conversation with you. But she's, she's showing this sort of single-mindedness, like she's piecing together things that are just totally beyond you. Mm. Um, as she, she just sort of takes off very purposefully along the long road. And occasionally, you know, it, it branches off into other, other neighborhoods. As you're moving through Kresk, you don't see any, any storefronts or, or public buildings or anything like that. It's mostly small cottages and maybe some little outbuildings for, for animals um, or, or workshops, things like that. But eventually you come to what must be the other end of the very small village where you see, even under gray skies, the pool at the north end of the village shimmers and sparkles. Near its shores sits an old gazebo on the verge of collapse, a wooden statue of a mournful, bare-chested man, its paint chipped and faded, stands in the gazebo with arms outstretched as though waiting to be embraced. As Irina looks up at this statue, she just, you hear her just go, oh, it's him. The statue singing? No, no, you, you still do not hear any singing, but Irina has just, she's just got this look up. Oh, of course, it's him. Oh, no, I'm, I'm asking Irina if the statue is the one singing. No, no, what? No, no. Who, who is him? You know, I, I don't know. I, I saw it and immediately, I don't know why I said that. I honestly don't know why I said that. Can I insight check her? Is she lying to us just now? You can absolutely check. Uh, oh. That is a 19. So something to keep in mind, you have never known Irina since before she had been personally targeted by the Devil's Trial. She has been coping with that reality for as long as you have known her, which has obviously colored her experience as you've gone on this collective journey. I know that Vorkoro definitely noticed that he did not think her to be the most pleasant traveling companion. Um, that being said, Basil, you now feel that you are getting almost a more honest look at her and her personality than you ever have before. I don't, I don't know if that's comforting or terrifying. Like I, I'm happy for her, but like I, the fact that this hallucinatory singing is what's bringing it out is very uh, dangerous. I guess. As Irina reaches the pool's edge, an image appears in its sparkling blue waters. A handsome I would, I would not get too close to the water. A handsome youth of kind and noble visage. The sadness in his eyes turns to sudden joy. Tatiana, he says, it has been so long. Come, my love. Let us be together at last. I'm grabbing her. I'm, fu- I'm sorry. I'm fucking. Yeah. I run I'm, over I'm to. I'm grabbing her. Can I, can I, do I need to roll something? Irina. I... Can I finish the flavor text? Irina gasps and puts a hand on her heart. My beloved Sergei, in life you are a prince and a man of faith. We were to be married long ago. Has this blessed pool called your spirit to me? She reaches towards the water's surface as a hand of water rises up to take hers. I'm gonna go grab her and pull her away. Okay. I I also run over and try to, like, hold her back. Do do you need a dexterity roll, a strength roll? Okay, so first off, if multiple... Oh, if, if more than one of you guys is going to try to do something all at once, we're going to need to go into initiative. Sure, let's do it. Okay. Oh, I, d- I don't. I don't like this. Twenty-one. Okay. I got an eight. 
I got a four. Basil? <laughs> got a dirty 20. Oh, nice. So I guess Rokoro goes first. Right. I'm going to grab her like around the waist and pull her away from the pool. Okay, make a grapple attack. Really? That's a grapple attack? What else would it be? I don't know. Uh, I didn't think of it as an attack at all. So, uh, sure. She does not want to be grabbed. Eight. Oof. Nope, you managed to miss as so she ducks down towards the water. Basil. Uh, I want to I wanna cast uh, the spell Sanctuary on her. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so what will that do? Uh, it says that I ward a creature within range. So the range is 30 feet. Uh, until the spell ends, any creature who targets the warded creature with an attack or a harmful spell must first make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. Okay, now it's Irina's turn. Oh boy. Having been failed quite spectacularly to be grabbed by Vorkoro, she reaches towards the water's surface as the hand of water rises up to grab hers. Irina is pulled into the pool and embraces Sergei beneath its rippling water. You have never seen a happier couple as they both begin to fade from view. Oh my god. Whose turn is it? I, it's mine now, I think. It's Pebbles if she has something she can do. So they, they're foot layered, they're underwater? They're sort of sinking. Okay, oh I'm going God. to jump in uh. um, to try to grab her, I guess. All right. So as soon as you are in the water, you realize that it's not that big or that deep of a oh, pool God. at all. <laughs> um, it's it's wide, but it's not very deep. And as you're splashing around right in that area, it's she, she's gone. She's gone. You resurface in time to hear as a peal of thunder shakes the land and dark clouds coalesce into a terrible visage. A deep, dark voice from beyond the mountains cries out, She is mine! A terrible crack resounds as blue lightning splits the sky and strikes the pool. Holy shit, which you're in. Oh, God! Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, oh, no! Well, you're all going to need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Even those, even those of us who aren't in the pool? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, fuck me. Oh. 19 for Cora. I got an 18. Four dex save. I got a 14. Okay, so for Cora and Basil are knocked prone, that's it. Um, okay. Hebel yeah. is also going to need to make a constitution saving throw. Cool, 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 cool. Ooh, that is a 21. Really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> let, me, hmm. let me start counting my d10s. Oh. Oh, oh no! I have exactly enough. We didn't take any rests, did we? Yeah, we did. We, we took yeah, a long we're rest. we're fully rested. Okay. Pebble takes twenty-one lightning damage. Okay. Oof. That could have been worse if she hadn't made that save. That's all I'm saying. That could have been a forty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, as that whole thing sort of disappears, the water stills itself again, and as the the rumbling thunder subsides. Um, you are now aware that the silence that is that lays like the snow all over the little village of Kresk is juxtaposed with the crazy sounds coming from the abbey up on the hill. What do we hear? A multitude of of shrieks and and laughs and bellows and less human sounds than that. Uh, and th th we didn't hear this before, right? Like this is all of a sudden in response to the lightning. This, this clearly, yes. Whatever is up there is making that sound. It was, it was agitated by the lightning that struck the pool. 
And Irina is gone. We no longer see her or this fucking Sergei in the water, right? Nope. I'm marching towards the Abbey. I am full of confusion and <laughs> anger, and I'm marching toward the sound of screams. All right. I, I, I want to take a second to try to understand what just happened here. Uh, uh, bad like, magic juju fit. Yeah, so I... Uh, Vorkor, Vor- wait, just wait one moment. Uh, allow me what? ten minutes to cast a ritual and figure out what kind of magic we're dealing with. Ten minutes, ten minutes, and she is most likely going to be dead. You drown a lot quicker than she's, ten minutes. She's clearly not there. She's not in but the there, water. But there is, exactly, there is something going on with that fucking Abbey. People are being brought back to life. There's lots of screaming up there. It's just, it's not just a coincidence that it happens immediately after the lightning strike. We need to move now. I don't think it is. I just, I, I need a little bit of time. You, you have. I don't want to go charging. I've already used one spell. I don't want to go charging into this place with half of my resources. I, I am... Joe, Joe yeah. Ryan wants to cast a spell. He's going to cast a spell. No, I know. Just arguing in character. So let's say, look, if Vokoro, I guess, wants to run off, he can, but uh, Basil's going to cast this ritual. While Basil's casting the spell, Pebble is curled up in a ball, wet, and I guess like slightly smoking or something, looking singed from the lightning strike. And just in full flashbacks of being like of the moment she pledged allegiance to Umberly when she got shipwrecked initially that kind of started her struggle with fire in the first place um just kind of muttering to herself that umberly is is punishing her and that this lightning strike was a sign from god that she she can't be casting fire spells and that this is all she deserved it very nice very nice all right so so brian tell me uh tell me about this ritual Okay, so it's just, it's, you know, standard detect magic. I just don't want to use a spell slot for it. Okay. Okay, so for the next 10 minutes, uh, I sense presence of magic within 30 feet of me. And if I do sense magic in this way, I can use my action to see a faint aura of any visible creatures or objects in that area that bears magic. And I learn the school of magic, if any. So it's, it's actually, it's something very remarkable. You do sense magic. So you sense abjuration magic, but it's almost like that magical that that abjuration is is fleeing. Okay. Like okay, like it, it was almost like casting a spell, and then the the feeling you get as that spell is sort of coming to an end or being dispelled. It's it's you're you're like you're cast you're you're detecting the last remnants of a spell as as it's ending essentially. Okay. Um... So it, it's it's the only magic I'm getting is abjuration magic that is like disappearing. Mm-hmm. And does it seem to be coming from the pool itself? Like, is it like a point in the pool or just the pool in general? Just the pool, the, the water in the pool. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, Basil kind of files that away and kind of looks over to, to uh, Pebble and for Koro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... To reiterate what I put in the chat, seeing Pebble all fetal would have stopped me and I would have gone over to her, wrapped her in my bedroll and just tried to comfort her and calm her down. I wouldn't even be arguing with her right now. I would just be trying to make sure she's not crazy. All right. Um, so so what, 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 what are we doing? Uh, I, if we can get Pebble back on her feet, I, I think Volcoro's right. We got to go to that abbey. Yeah. Do you tell us anything? I'm never casting a fire spell again. 
I'm not even going to argue with you right now. I Borcoro <laughs> does not have the energy with all the shit that's happening. Do you tell us anything from what you have from the from the detect magic? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's I'll I'll sh- like share that on the way, and just be like, um, so oddly enough, I was expecting a kind of you know transportation spell of some sort, uh, but. It was it was abjuration. There, there was a, a protection ward of some kind in there. Are you saying that someone is keeping Irina safe? I think that whatever is in there is not necessarily harmful to her. It, it, it she seemed quite happy that that might be genuine. It might not be like there was no charm. I didn't sense like a spell was put on her. So, are you saying that we successfully delivered Irina to a safe place? I don't think I don't think we have enough answers to, to say that for certain, but I do think this is the lightning. We're taking that to be Strahd, correct? I, he he's upset. That was Umberly. That was a hundred percent Umberly, specifically coming after me. No, that, because I cast a fire spell and it. Oh, I. I she's mad. She's mad at me. I, Pebble, uh, I I see you're going through something right now, and I empathize with you. And we will unpack this later. But the booming voice that said, she's mine, and the lightning strike. As that was Umberly talking to me. That was about me, I have to say. What? I do not. Okay, that's one theory. The next theory for the rest of us, we're taking that to be Strahd, correct? Oh, who else could it be? Well, why are, why are the, the noises coming from the Abbey immediately around the same time as the lightning? We don't know enough about that Abbey to have any kind of idea what the connection is. I, I agree with you. We should go check it out. But I I think whatever is in there might actually be a good thing. I'm just saying we should be open to that possibility. And my my level of panic has diminished a little bit, a little bit. But we should still we should still get to that Abbey. Yeah, let's go to the screaming Abbey and then we will come back and maybe, I don't know, look again. After After taking 10 minutes to cast that spell, the sounds from the Abbey have mostly died down. But it's still, you know, it's right there at the top of the cliff. It's it, from anywhere in the village. It looks like you can see it. So it's pretty easy to find where the switchbacking road that hugs the cliff. Uh, it's 10 feet wide and covered with loose gravel and chunks of broken rock. The ascent is slow and somewhat treacherous, and the air grows colder as one nears the top. The road from the village climbs above the mists to the wide ledge on which the abbey is perched. A light dusting of snow covers the trees and the rocky earth. The gravel road passes between two small stone outbuildings to either side of which stretches a five foot high, three foot thick wall of jumbled stones held together with mortar. Blocking the road are iron gates attached to the outbuildings by rusty hinges. They appear to be unlocked. Viewed through the gates, the stone abbey stands quiet. Its two wings are joined by a 15 foot high curtain wall. A belfry protrudes from the top of the closer north wing, which also sports a chimney billowing gray smoke. Basil looks to, to Pebble at the sight of the curtains. These ones are... <laughs> the curtain wall. <laughs> I cannot stress enough how much it was the rod, and no one will <laughs> listen to me, and I'm going through a lot right now, so let's let's leave the curtains alone. I didn't even say curtains, did I? I said a curtain wall. What's is a it a wall of wall? curtains? Is, is that... oh, is it... You guys got to learn castle architecture. <laughs> it's the outer wall of a fortress. <laughs> there isn't even a rod. Wait, what? Uh, oh, God. Okay. I'm going through the gate. 
As you reach out to touch the gate for Koro, with a sudden clang, a cloaked figure slams against the inside of the iron gates, and a donkey-like voice brays out, Visitors! Shortly after, another voice mules, They shouldn't have come. They should never come. I think I'm starting to see why this segment of, of, of Strahd traumatized you so much, Alex. This is just one creepy thing after another. Okay. Which is saying something for this game. Uh, oh my oh, god. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Jeez. The first shovel-wielding guard is nearly five feet tall. His left ear is that of a wolf, and he also has a protruding wolf snout and fangs. His legs are those of a lion, and a donkey's tail swishes behind him. The second guard is about four and a half feet tall, with a heavy hood of the cloak covering most of her face. Her left arm is speckled with lizard scales, and the right end uh, tufts of gray wolf fur, between which is pale human skin. What, what the fuck am I worried about? I'm a dragon. Why do I even think this is weird? Yeah, uh, I mean, are they are they in a rage? Sometimes I have lizardy scales. The first, the one with sort of the, the wolf's knout, is very, seems very excited to see you. He's sort of leaping about, possessed of his energy, and it's, it's pretty impressive considering his leonine hind legs is able to leap pretty far and pretty high. The other just sort of stands there glowering at you. Uh, hello, I am Borkorvoldunara. Uh, these are my compatriots. Uh, that is Cork. Uh, this is Pebble. Uh, that is Basil. Uh, we were requested here. Um, the abbot told us to come by. Uh, he needed our assistance or something. Um, how are you doing today? You're here to see the abbot? Uh, we are here to see the abbey. We were invited by the abbot. We are here to help out. Uh, I'm sure you know what we're talking about. You want me to let you in? Um, that would be very helpful. You would be doing the abbot a favor, as well as me, my fellow scaled friend. Stop looking at me. I, I apologize. I And I'll, I'll like turn so I'm like looking past them, but still talking to them, like I'm talking to you. Uh, so if you could open the gate, that would be fine. I understand it is early morning. Perhaps you've not had time to put on your face. At this point, it's fairly late in the evening. It took you the bulk of the day to travel back up from the winery. Uh, that is what that is what I meant. It is, it is um, uh, yeah, it's night now, isn't it? Oh boy. Anyway. It can be a little difficult to tell in this country, in fairness. So they do let you in. They open up the gate for you. One of them bounds off like a rabbit deeper into the courtyard. The other just sort of shuffling with a weird shuffling gate, dragging the shovel behind her. Um, stunted pine trees grow out of the rocky earth in the graveyard near the front of the abbey's north wing. The windows of the structure are cracked panes of leaded glass. Ancient gravestones burst from a thin crust of snow in the yard. Before the low wall that surrounds the graveyard, the grounds fall away. The village lies 400 feet below, and the view is breathtaking. Can I investigate the graves? We've had some issues with graves recently, so I'm going to check out some graves just to see if they're saying anything weird. Um, yeah, okay. Do you want me to roll investigate insight, anything like that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, okay. 18 investigation. So yeah, from there, I mean, you have to walk a little bit away. So so where they're walking you is through the main gate here and apparently up in, in into here. So you have to sort of step off the path. Sure. Do you have dark vision or anything? Uh, I do not have dark vision. Uh, and so yeah, they're they're graves. So so 
Yeah, to conduct a, a, a thorough search, you're going to have to leave behind the little group. And so who knows how your tour guides are going to handle that. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's let's leave them behind and take a look. I, I do have a torch that I can light. So, um, um, Anyone else? I, I don't think it's a good idea for all of us to, to slink off here. Okay. I think ba I think Basil's going to try to stay put and at least maintain the appearance that we are not uh, immediately going where we're unwanted. You guys can distract. Well, I just want to make sure the graves aren't sending us messages like the last ones were. Oh, no, no. I to totally support it. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think everyone should follow suit. Okay, so Borcoro, why don't you go ahead and make a stealth roll at disadvantage if you're attempting to light a lantern? Um, well, I need to light the lantern to read, don't I, right? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to light the torch. All right, that is... Oh, motherfucker, that was a bad disadvantage. Uh, that's a seven. Yeah, so the, uh, the one guard starts braying loudly like a donkey. And the other one shouts back after you, you're not allowed over there. All right, I'll listen to the weird donkey man and head back over. Well, this, is the, this is the wolf lizard one speaking. I know, but their voice is just so brave. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I would be like, I, I apologize. I was just, the graves, sometimes they send us messages. So they lead you over. Here, a 15-foot-high wall joins the abbey's two wings. Behind its battlements, two guards stand at attention, their features obscured by fog. Below them, set into the wall, is a pair of 10-foot-tall wooden doors, reinforced with bands of steel. To the right of these doors, mounted on the wall, is a tarnished copper plaque. What does it say? May her light cure all illness. Who is, uh, whose light are we talking about here? I, I... You, as you may have noticed, I also like light. Um, so I'm curious, what, uh, what is this light that will cure all illnesses? Um, does it work on mental illnesses? Uh, my dear friend Pebble is currently going through some issues and she needs more light in her life. Oh, is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, the, the guards have no idea what you're talking about. The, the plaque, it says, may her light cure all illnesses? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll ask someone else. Does the plaque say that? I would I would turn to you, Basil. I'd be like, it, it does say the light cures all illnesses, right? Am I right? I don't think you're going to get many answers out of these two. What? No, I'm asking you to look at it. Does it say that, or am I going crazy again? No, I, I, I'm telling you that you're correct, but I, I don't think interrogating <laughs> these two is going to get you anywhere. So the, um, yeah, the plaque definitely says that. I think perhaps the impression you're getting is that the two of them don't read. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes. We've been getting a lot of weird oh, mixed messages. No, they, they, they escort you through the doors. The thick fog that fills the courtyard swirls as if eager to escape. The courtyard is surrounded by a 15-foot-high wall on which stand several guards with their backs to you, or so it seems at first. It's clear now that these guards are merely scarecrows. Wooden doors to the north and the east lead to the abbey's two wings. In the center of the courtyard is a stone well fitted with an iron winch to which a rope and bucket are attached. Along the perimeter, tucked under the overhanging wall, are several stone sheds with padlocked wooden doors, as well as three shallow alcoves that contain wooden troughs. Two wooden posts are pounded into the rocky earth and have iron rings bolted to them. Chained to one of them is a short humanoid with bat wings and spider mandibles. The quiet is shattered by horrible screams coming from the sheds. Your two guides walk off into the north wing of the abbey, and as they do, 
the one that's pounding off just shouts out, Mishka Bellevue's not behaving! And soon they disappear through the door, leaving you in the courtyard. I hate, okay. I hate, all, I hate all of this so much. This is like, there's been a lot of creepy shit in this place. This, this is, is the, the scariest thing that you've yeah, ever put This is freaky. Through. All of these sheds are screaming right now? Yep. I'm going Jeez. to cautiously approach the spider bat and see if I can communicate with it. The creature chained to the post flaps its leathery wings and takes to the air, but doesn't get far before the chain goes taut. And she flutters about madly screaming nonsense. H- Hello, my name is Vorkoro. I, I, I wish to speak to you. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? If she understands them, she's not interested in responding to them. Vorkoro, once again, I feel like interviewing mutated mental patients is probably not the best use of our time. Uh, do, do you think maybe you could be a little less insulting? Like, just because we don't all look like humans doesn't mean we are not intelligent creatures, all right? Uh, no, but a world full of almost exclusively humans that all of a sudden have random animal characteristics raving madly, it feels like a safe assumption. Also, I'm not even human. Fuck you. <laughs> You're humanoid. You're a lot more human than I am. Can we just move on? We have, there's a lot we have to get through here. But there are, there is screaming. Um, so the six boxes, those are the sheds, right? Uh, yes. Um, okay. I want to approach, not the one near the poles, because I'm not getting too close to the fat spider creature if it's crazy. Um, going back over to, um, like, I guess the southern sheds, I want to get close to the sheds to see if I can get a better idea of what's going on inside. Are there just crazy animal people screaming inside, or is there something else going on? So each of the sheds is fitted with an iron padlock, but yeah, you can hear something sort of shifting and, and muling inside. No no windows, no portholes, nothing like that? Nope, not that you can see anyway. Um, since it's padlocked, I would get close enough to the door and I'd like put my hands on it and I would like call through the wood. I'd be like, uh, hello, my name is Vorkoro Voldenara. If you can still talk or think, are you okay? Is there any way that I could help you? You hear from inside, hello, my name is Vorkoro Voldenaro. <laughs> uh, That's weird. Vorkoro. Like, it sounds perfectly like my own voice. Yep. Uh, mm. Fuck it, I'm trying to pick the lock. I'm gonna try to pick this lock. I- Vorkoro, please, please don't. There's lots of edibles that can mimic sounds. It's- Well, luckily I literally got a crit fail. I got a one. Okay, so don't don't worry. Basil takes his thieves tools and like tucks them a little deeper out of view. Um, Is anybody else gonna be doing anything in this area? No, I think Basil's trying to push Vorkoro through. But- Okay, They are so- I I would resist, but you push me through. Pebble, he suddenly realized that something has, some creature has just materialized just below your elbow. Oh! It glares at you with one left eye. In place of the right are three beady red spider eyes. It reaches out at you with a slimy toad-like hand. Uh, If you want to roll initiative, you might be able to do something before it does something. Okay. Ooh, I got a, a hot three. Ooh, yeah. Could we all be rolling initiative or... Mm, not just yet. Oh, so the creature goes and it looks like it's about to try to grab mm-hmm. you when the door leading into the north wing of the abbey swings open, revealing a flood of warm light, eclipsed only by the form of the abbot, 
At feeling this light, the creature lets out a weird little shriek and immediately dashes away from you and jumps into the well. And the abbot says, as if speaking of a disobedient child, Mishka Bellevue, what are we going to do with you? I don't know what's the creepiest part of this, but I hate every second of it. It's all creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. You are the guests of the good Baron and Baroness, are you not? I was so happy to be able to help them. I only hope it will show the village what weighty work I do here. Would that they would speed their eagerness to help me, as I have asked. What is the work that you do here? I work all things for the good of this land. You're you're an outlander like us, correct? I come from faraway places. But yes, I have cast the waters of this land and found her disease and shall purge it to a sound and pristine health that all will applaud me to the very echo that should applaud again. Wait, what do you mean the waters of this land? We, We are actually having some trouble with the waters of this land, so if you know something, that would be very helpful. Oh, I know many things. Perhaps you should come inside, and I can show you what I have done to cure this place. Is it more animal people? Because there's a lot of animal people out here. Ah, yes. I do regret what my dear family has become as a result of my work. But as long as they are here with me, I am more than able to meet their needs. And they need me so desperately, you see. Okay, I, 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 need, I need some insight checks on this man. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, I would like to know whether he means literally his family or just is referring to the patients as his as his family. I think on that one, it's pretty much it's pretty obvious. Okay. Yeah, he does not see himself as being biologically re- related to these to these other. OK, people. Uh, well, I didn't get a grade on my insight. It's I only got a 10. But this, the other thing I'd like to know is just general vibe check on this guy. Like, is is he as horrifyingly sinister as he sounds? I mean, he doesn't seem to think that he's he's being coy or anything like that. He is deeply committed to everything that he's saying to you. Yeah, he seems deeply delusional. (laughs) Please come in. I am more scared of this man than any NPC you've ever thrown at us. I am including Strahd. I'm full of more apathy than ever before. So I'm going to follow him. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, All right. once, Pe- once Pebble gets moving, Basil, I think, shakes out of his stupor and is like, okay, here we go. So as you as you move towards the, the door, Pebble, he sort of puts his arm around you as to guide you in, and he actually just gently taps your shoulder. He doesn't pull you close or anything like that. He just gently sort of taps your shoulder, mm-hmm. and you feel just this warm glow of comfort and, and love oozing through you and you regain 16 i'm sorry 18 hit points we all see him putting his arm around pebble yeah but but he just taps her he doesn't grab her he doesn't hold her he he pulls it away just as soon as it happens uh is um perhaps we should not be touching each other just yet abbott i um you know personal space and all that was fantastic i don't think my feeling feels anything like that so as you head in, I'm sorry, are you guys following him in? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So. Basil, I do not believe we can trust this man. I didn't say that I did, but what other choice do we have right now? Music, gentle sounding save for the odd discordant note, trickles down from above, played on a stringed instrument by some unseen master. 
The ground floor is one large 50-foot square room with arched leaded, uh, leaded glass windows. A cauldron sits on an iron rack above the fire in a hearth, while above the fireplace mantle hangs a golden disc engraved with the symbol of the sun. In one corner, a wooden staircase climbs to the upper levels, while in another corner, a stone staircase descends into darkness. Several chairs surround a wooden table that stretches nearly the length of the room. Wooden dishware and gold candelabras are neatly arranged on the table, standing behind which is a young woman with alabaster skin dressed in a torn and soiled red gown. Her auburn hair is neatly bundled so as not to touch her soft shoulders. She seems lost in her own thoughts. It's not Irina, is it? You, you can see how it, in a strange way it is. You would never mistake this person for Irina, but just if you were moved to describe her, it would be in the same way. Fair skin, auburn hair, similar proportions, but but no, having having seen Irina, you would never mistake the two. Mm. Like related? Possibly. <laughs> Hello there. Um, I apologize, but have we met before? You look very familiar. Do, do you walk up to her? Yeah. All right. As you draw nearer to the fair-skinned woman, you realize that her pallor is due to the several layers of powder clinging to her, almost effectively masking the seams where her flesh has been stitched together. Incredible. I have to assume this is the work the abbot wanted to show us? Says the Count, Lord von Zarevich, is bound to this world by the bonds of love, which when finally requited will end the curse for all the souls who are bound to this domain. Oh my god! I just realized what he did! I am absolutely horrified! If I thought the fucking puppets were weird, this is ten times worse! Borkora would back away from this patchwork Irina and be like tapping Bas Basil on the shoulder and be like, Irina puppets, out of people. I, I, yeah, I, I, I see that and I, 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 oh. I'm seeing why all these people have animal parts replacing theirs is awesome oh wowie that's creepy as hell is he trying to make like a a decoy irena i think he's trying to make an irena yes look at her i think you're both right and i don't think it's going to work and i think he's torturing these poor people also who the hell is playing that music up there anybody else need a moment <clears throat> any questions no i think we got a pretty good terrifying handle on what's happening here <laughs> hmm. all right with heavy footfalls, a tall figure begins to descend a wooden staircase. Oh, no. That cloak drifting behind him. Oh, no. Count von Zarevich comes into view, his handsome face contorted into a mask of rage. Lord, the abbot says in a quavering voice, I have done it. I have. You have done less than nothing, Strahd growls. And you realize that a clutch of hunched, chalk-faced ghouls are creeping down the stairs in his wake. But my lord, it is love that will save you. That will save us all, the abbot wails, prostrate before the vampire. My love, Strahd bellows, has been rent from this world, body and soul. Should we run, guys? You might love another, the abbot falls. Vasilka, I want nothing to do with your tarted up rag doll. In that instant, the room is engulfed in a ball of flame as a cacophonous bang reverberates against the nearby mountains and the distant shrieking and braying of the Bellevue's redoubles in volume. At this point, I'm gonna need you all to make a dexterity save against Strahd's fireball. Oh, shit. God damn it. Um, can, I, can I cast a spell as a reaction? Sure. I would like to cast Absorb Elements. Okay. 
I also, oh no, I can't because it's not an attack roll, is it? Um, no, I suppose not. Uh, well, my my deck say was a not. Mine was a nine. So so wait, Basil, does that mean that it doesn't? Because it's not an attack roll, but can you still cast that reaction spell? Yeah. So uh, absorb elements is an attack isn't for an attack roll, I don't think. Um, the spell just captures some of the incoming energy, lessening the effects. Okay. So I I, I, I resistance to fire damage. I also have resistance. But I did fail the deck save. So um. Oh, I also have resistance to fire damage. Although I also rolled a okay. twenty. Yeah, I mean, you well, you would still theoretically take half, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So does that mean I take half of the half because I have resistance? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it would mean. I assume I failed with an eleven. Um, yes, it looks like it looks like Borcoro was the only one who succeeded. So that comes. So full damage is is twenty five. Half is twelve. Oof. So Borcoro would take six. Then should we run, guys? So when the smoke clears. Basilka, now little more than a charred corpse, is writhing in pain, half-human bellows of fear passing from her lipless mouth. With another flash of movement and a whiff of decomposition, Strahd's ghastly retinue falls onto the creature, tearing her apart with her sharp claws and gnashing teeth. Overcome with emotion, grief, and fear, the abbot seems unable to rise from the floor where he lies sobbing. Strahd kneels down next to him and says, in a strangely amplified whisper, here out only I shall make the monsters as I made you what you now are. Strahd and his ghoulish attendants, Vasilka's half-charred entrails still dangling from their bloody mouths turns towards you. Guys, let's run. Yeah, we should probably get out of here. Well, none of you go first in initiative this time around, so at least drop some markers. Sure, sure. Has Strahd said anything to us? Well, again, hence I'm, I'm, I'm asking you guys to put yourselves in initiative. And you gotta put a squiggle where the corpse is? <laughs> it's where all these guys have congregated because they just ate her. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, nine of them all around us, plus Strahd and whatever the hell this abbot is. If it makes you feel any better, the abbot is still lying there on the ground just sobbing. That makes me feel a lot better. No, it doesn't make me feel any better. No. I mean, I'm I'm happy that he's unhappy, but I uh, hey. I don't think that he's the pressing problem right now. Strahd turns and looks at where all of the the four of you are clumped together in the middle of the room, which actually makes it kind of hard to know exactly who he's speaking to when he says this. You were to be my successor. You had been found worthy. You would have had glory beyond what you can even comprehend. All but for this ultimate defiance. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at you, Basil. I, I'm looking at Cork. What are you, what are you talking about, Basil? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then, uh, yeah, Straw is going to make a big circle and move to you. To me? Yep. Oh, God. Where he grabs a hold of you Ugh. in his icy white claw, and you feel a rush of deathly coldness in the hollows of your bones. I'm going to need you to make a um, constitution saving throw. So Straw just ran over to him and grabbed him? Well, it's a spell, but yeah. So there would definitely be a moment of confusion where like as soon as Strahd was like, you were to be my successor, I would immediately look at Basil and be like, you son of a, and then when he grabs Cork, I would- Oh no. Well, I was planning on the successor. Um. I rolled a 21, though. 
Okay, so that's going to be half damage. Yeah, but I'm already... Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be... 25 necrotic damage. Oh. Oh. That was half. Oh. It's getting a little cold in here, guys. <laughs> the first strange ghoulish creature leaps over the table towards, I believe that's Pebble is the yep, check mark. that's me. Oh, God. Okay. Let's see what this puppy can do. As he does, you all suddenly realize that these things smell of the grave. These things have been eating, have, this is not the first corpse they've eaten, and they have not brushed their teeth. Oh. So it's going to try to, so it actually leans in to try to bite you. Okay, I'm going to warding flare them to impose disadvantage on their roll, if they can be blinded. They can be blinded. So with the disadvantage, the attack roll is a 15. That misses, right? That misses. Okay. So where's my stylus? Okay. Number two is going to do the same to leap over. The star is Orkoro. That's me. Yeah. All right. Same thing. Attack to bite. Ooh. Ugh. I don't think that's going to cut. That's also a 15. Nope. I, my natural armor. It is then Cork's turn. Okay. So do I need to... Am I being held? Do I need to break free? No, it's a, it's a spell effect that just involved in touching you. You are not at this moment grappled. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, we're surrounded. Um, I, I will tell you. Um, I'm sorry. I just want to do this before I forget. Because of the stench of these ghastly creatures, you're going to need to make a, a constitution saving throw. All of us? Uh, no, no. This, this it, it's something that happens on the beginning oh. of your turn. So just cork okay. for now. That is a 23. I have great constitution. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so you're um, you're you're okay for the it moment. Makes sense. He's immune to stench. <laughs> I honestly smelled nothing. Um, <laughs> oh my god, what do I even do here? There's so many. I guess I attack Strahd. Uh, it was great playing with you. <laughs> I mean, I can't. If I move, I get, he gets an attack of opportunity. No, I get it. He did just attack you. I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. Okay. Um, I swing at <laughs> the devil Strahd with my great axe. That's a 17 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Oh. <laughs> wow. For 13 damage. Um. Okay. And he's he's bloodied, right? How, he's yeah, dead. How's he looking? He's dead. Game over. We 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 ended the curse of Strahd. Honestly, you. You can't even see through the mask of anger and rage and contempt that he has for you right now. Oh, you have, you have just personally insulted someone who is not just incredibly evil and powerful, but somebody who you know is actually honestly super petty. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have another attack. Okay, <laughs> that's an eighteen to hit, Strahd. Hits. Ooh, for fourteen damage. 14. Okay. This now then he is gonna grab you. Oh. Oh boy. Oh. I don't see this coming now. No. But lucky for you, I think that he misses. <laughs> um I beat Strahd. There's a 15 hit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. A worthy successor. <laughs> <laughs> Your That's... time's up, old man. Cork. I'm sorry, no, that was your turn. Pebble is up next. Now, Pebble, you also have to make a constitution save against poison. Okay. 
That constitution save is 14. Okay, you're good for the moment. Okay, and I am going to cast Daylight. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I'm just going to cast it like basically from myself because a 60 foot sphere of light will shine around and I'm hoping that that does something to Strahd. Okay. So I cast Daylight. All right. Um, Strahd is going to make another attack on Cork. So oh nothing God. happened? Yeah, it looked like it really pissed oh him off. God. What about the ghouls? Did it feel like I the thought ghouls? that would be awesome. <laughs> it really upset him and it gave him the wherewithal to make a mightier attack against Cork for a 27. Holy shit. 27 to hit? Yes. Yeah, misses. <laughs> no, that gets me. Okay, what's... <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, my God, my reaction is not even strong enough to to stop that. Okay, continue. So, hmm, what do I want to do here? Yeah, okay, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go for it this time. Oh, fuck. So, ooh, okay, so we're going to start with 12 bludgeoning damage. I'm just going to go for it are never words you want to hear from your DM. As those claws rip into you, you take a further... I do have resistance to bludgeoning, so that's six okay, damage. Well, okay, well then it's also 20 necrotic. Ah. Oh. Does necrotic re- reduce your total HP? It um Only if he bites okay. you. Is the short of it. Okay, well, I am... He got me that time. I'll give it to him. Are you still so, up? No, I'm down. Oh, that, that just felled me. Oh, you're down? So, well, 20, that's 26 total damage. I had 21 HP. There was the fireball. Well, fuck. At least I got some good hits on him, I will say. I, we'll, we'll get you back up. It's not over yet. Look, this is an out-of-game question, but should we get him back up? Because it seems like he was plotting against us with Strahd. Okay. You got a point there. Also, uh, Pebble was just hit with a uh, critical light attack. Oh, fuck! Which is also going to affect the daylight spell, I imagine, right? Or at least you're going to have to make a a concentration. uh, Yeah. So let's start with the damage. I have spent so much time today just collecting dice, just gathering them up in sufficient quantity. Doing anything? No. I guess daylight isn't sunlight, which I didn't know. 23. Piercing damage to Pebble. Fantastic. Oh, we're all gonna die. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for that uh Oh con save? Now I'm gonna be honest, I always kind of forget how these work. Oh yeah, how does the concentration DC is equal to ten or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. Okay, so I took I took twenty-three damage, so So DC eleven. Okay. So that's gonna be a fifteen. Nice. Okay, number five moves up to engage Basil. Oh, I think he misses with a 12. Indeed he does. Number six is also going to... I love it when you guys all just stand in a tight circle for me. It makes my job so much easier. Well... <laughs> so, so is Cork down? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well then Seven's going to drop and try to eat you. Oh, shit! Oh, they love corpses. What is that? It's basically just advantage on the roll, right, Brian? Oh, no. 
a disadvantage, if anything. Uh, yeah, I think he rolls at advantage. Yeah. Yeah, it says, it says attack rolls against an unconscious creature have advantage, and any attack that hits the creature is automatically a critical hit if the attack is within five feet of the character. Torque, you lucked out. They rolled a 14. Wow. Ooh. That is so close to my was. Basil? Oh. Get out of here. Run. Someone needs to survive, so you should run. I, 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 I can't just leave everyone right here. Oh, but I, I can't. Someone like, I, should I, leave everyone, and you're. The I would. Best I would love to, to be able to get cork up with a bonus action, but I. I can't. Why? Because uh, uh, I. Just, I don't have a bonus action healing spell. I'd have to use my whole action. Oh. So, if you bring me up, I'm going right back down. <sighs> Follow your heart. I. I've got to hope that I. If, I feel like I'm at the end of the order here. I think a lot of people have gone. At least, at least, at least, a lot of people that can get to Cork. Not me. So, I'm gonna use a bonus action to give myself some temporary HP, and I'm gonna attack with my thunder gauntlets and try to create a distraction to keep people off of Cork. I guess. Okay. So I'm gonna punch the the one that's right in front of me that that can reach Cork number five. Um, number five. Okay. Uh. Okay, that is a 18 to hit. 18 hits. For seven thunder damage, and now my gauntlet would distract him. Okay. Oh, this feels like a really bad idea, but I guess I'm going to try to hit Strahd. Oh, my God. The other attack. Okay. Uh, well, it's not going to work because um, I got a, I got a 10. For a total of no, like like the, the ten is the oh, total. Okay. Total of zero damage. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Yeah, no, no, no. I yeah, <laughs> I rolled a three, so oh, I okay. get a ten. Sorry, no, I rolled a two, so I get a ten. So just it's it's one like quick jab to this guy while like my you know magical force field raises up, and then I turn to Strahd and just Basil's issue with paternal authority figures uh, comes crashing down on him, and that punch is just going nowhere. Okay, so Strahd kicks aside that ghoul that was trying to eat Cork's limp body, and he reaches down. Was I? I wasn't skipped, was I? Nope. I feel like Strahd has gone 15 times. Look into the magic of legendary Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds like a legendary (laughs) action. Uh, Assuming that a 25 hits Cork. It does. Strahd has now grabbed him essentially by the loose skin on the back of his neck and is holding him aloft. Oh my god. Giving you an eerie sense of deja vu as you recall him doing this to both Father Petrovich and Milovoj the Gravedigger Boy. Oh. Now it is your turn, Vorkoro. Cool. All right. So first off, I'm going to be using Action Surge. Uh, so I will be doing three things here. Um, okay. First attack is going to be my Breath Weapon. Uh, I am using my Breath Weapon, you know, to hit... Uh, ghouls four, three, six, eight, two, and seven. So I'm okay like that. So they okay. those ones have to make a thirteen dexterity saving throw. Okay. Um. So number four fails. Number three fails. Number six fails. Number two passes. Number seven. You said you said fourteen. A thirteen. Thirteen. Oh. So six, two, seven, and eight pass. Three and four fail. All right, that's cool. So six, two, seven, and eight will take half damage. The other two will take full damage. Uh, I'm rolling right now. 
Full damage is 16, so four and three take 16, and the others will take eight damage. Uh, that was my first action. Breath weapon is you. Okay. Then I am going to be making uh, my next attack. I'm going to be attacking seven. As always, there's no reason not to use sharpshooter because it does so much damage. I would rather miss than not hit with it. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, number seven. Here we go. Five. I'm assuming that misses, correct? Um. Yes, that misses. Cool. Third attack. That is an 11. Does that hit? That does not. Cool. I just missed with my ladder to attacks. So all I did was breath damage. Um, I'd love to try to run, but we're surrounded, and I don't know if that's going to be possible. So I guess... I guess yeah, you're going to be broking attacks of opportunity like eight ways from Sunday. No, I know. That, that's what I mean. I was trying to at least clear a path so that we could <laughs> try to run, but I was unable to do that. Instead, we're surrounded by flaming enemies. Okay, number eight leaps up onto the table and runs along its lengthwise to get to, I think they might have identified Pebble as the spellcaster who was filling the room with that nasty daylight. <laughs> can I warding flare him? Sure, you can try. Okay. I mean, he's, he's still rolled an 18 at disadvantage. Oh, wow. Well, that hits. So then that is going to be to you 13 piercing damage. Okay. Um, Does that... Does, does that provoke a, a, a concentration save or con concentration check? Oh, yeah, if I take damage. Okay, so uh, DC 10, constitution. All right, that's a 22, so I'm good. All right, though it's coming for the other spellcaster, but a 14 misses, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We are back to Strahd. Oh. Although I'm not sure he can feel it, another, another wave of her energy magically washes through Port's bones. Um, you would still get a consti constitution saving throw. I don't know if there are any if that if there are any stipulations on that if you're unconscious. If you don't auto-fail them, I know that. Um, automatically fails strength and dex saving throws. Oh, this is automatically fails specifically strength and dex, so then yeah, I guess con I guess con's normal. Yeah, so okay. Normal con save? Yeah, you get a roll con save. Oh, I'm great at con saves. That is a 17. 17. Not quite conny enough. Oh, oh motherfucker. Oh. So let me just... Oh, well, it doesn't really matter if you take damage. You're down already, aren't you? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, that's you... that's auto-failed death saves if he is. So, so yeah, I guess it's not about how much damage we're rolling. It just counts as a as a auto fail. Yeah, and I I think because it's a saving throw, it's not a crit, so it's only one fail instead of two. Hey. All right. So he has one failed death. Fuck. Gast one attacks Pebble and misses. Gast two attacks. Does a does a seventeen hit Vorkoro? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, so that's twelve piercing damage to you. Okay. And the bite from the jagged maw. It is then his turn. So I will make my. Death saving roll. That's a 17. Hey! hey. One, success, one fail. That's good. That's good. Out of game, I'm rooting for you. In game, I'm suspicious. Legendary action. Good lord. <laughs> As Strahd pulls your thick, veiny neck towards his own gaping oh. fat maw. Oh, oh, God. Legendary actions does this fucker have? So many. It's a new round. <sighs> Strahd, who has been holding aloft Quirk's unconscious body 
in a pose that is eerily and disturbingly familiar to you, brings his thick neck towards his open maw, and you see the razor-sharp white fangs dig into Cork's body. Gouts of blood spurt from the twin wounds until finally Strahd drops the inert form of Cork, who even beneath stratified layers of mud and dirt, you can see has grown several shades paler from this experience. The thud of the corpse hitting the stone floor of the abbey has a strange calming effect over the whole melee going on about you, and even the screams and the shouts of the distant Bellevue seem somehow subdued. Once again, Strahd turns his attention towards you, the rest of you, and intones in a voice like the growl of a wolf, You do not know me yet, but you will. I am the Ancient. I am the Land. Know that the very fabric of your souls remains intact only by my leave. You will join me at Castle Ravenloft to parlay the terms of my forgiveness. If you have not arrived within the five day, your souls will pay the forfeit of my Tatiana. With another low rumble of thunder, Strahd dissolves into a vaporous mist, slowly intermingling with the smoke of the fire until it is no longer discernible. But the ghouls are still there, aren't they? Yeah, it's Bevel's turn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have an opening to run now. Yeah, should we just split? I've been. I don't want to. I don't want to leave Cork's body behind the whole time. I've been saying it's not like we've had the opportunity to. Anyway, we're initiative. It's your turn, Pebble. Okay. I mean, if you think you can take the the attacks, the nine ghouls. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we can run away. I. I I think they just. I think they just follow us. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, Cork. I think um, I think just like all, like all of our characters are just in shock here. It's just yeah. the once indomitable cork slumps to the ground. I will have time to be in shock when we are not being murdered. Can we not die? Okay, I'm going to cast a second level guiding bolt at ghoul number one. All right. So that is going to be a twenty-one to hit. Twenty-one hits. And that will be 15 radiant damage. To, I'm sorry, to which one? To number one. Okay. That's my turn. Okay. So number three, I guess, is going to go after Vorkoro. With number four is going to go after Pebble. Okay. Definitely. Um, number number five is all the way over there with uh, Basil, isn't he? Yeah, that's the only one that I've hit. Okay. Does a 16 hit? No, it does not. Okay. And number seven is going to run a thwart Cork's body to get to you as well. And also misses. Oh, my God. Uh, question. So, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Pebble, is the is the um, daylight spell still in effect? Yeah, I haven't taken any damage since the last time, and I think it lasts a little while. Yeah, it lasts an hour. Okay. Uh, Basil, you're up. All right, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm looking at my, my spells, trying to see what I could try to hit someone with. Um... I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna save him because I feel like we're gonna need some healing, at least for now. Um, all right. So I'm. How, how does number five look after I I hit it last time? Not bad. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just gonna try to punch it again. I guess. Uh, that's a seventeen. Sorry, eighteen to hit. Um, that hits. Also, oh, do I do I need to be taking like stench damage from these things? No. Maybe? No. You're. You only. You only need to pass the save once. Oh, perfect. Um. Okay. Uh, so that is seven thunder damage. 
Okay. And I guess I'm going to try to hit another one that could hit someone else. Um, just try to like keep the debuff going. Uh, so I'll, I'll go after number nine. Uh, that's a 23 to hit. That definitely hits. For uh, 11 thunder damage. 11 thunder damage. All right. And I, I don't think I have any useful bonus actions here. So that's that's it for Basil, who's just like shell-shocked, staring at Cork's body as he's trying to fight off these creatures. Uh, Vorkoro, you're up. Uh, I'm going to attack number seven, sharpshooter. Oh, yes. 22. And that damage is 21. Okay. Oh, he's in real bad shape. All right. Well, then I'm going to attack him again. Okay. That is... Oh, that's a 10. That's going to be a mess. Damn it. All right. Uh, and then I'm going to bonus action use second wind to regain 1d10 plus 6 HP. Okay. So, that's your turn? That is my turn. We should probably run, but... No one else is running, so. Thing is, is, it's pretty clear that none of you guys want to be the first to run. I, I'm not going to leave Pebble behind. I have a history with her. Oh, it's, I mean, we're, we're also all still literally surrounded. Like, the, there, are, there are no openings to get through here. Yeah. If I take a couple of opportunity attacks, I'm down, so. Okay, well, it's something to think about. Number one is coming for you. Oh, awesome. Cool. Does an 18 hit? It absolutely does. So that's going to hit you for seven. Okay. And um, I'm going to need another constitution saving throw. Okay. For the daylight that's been very helpful so far. <laughs> 14. Still light in there. Oh, I didn't even look oh. for that. Um, another one. Okay. Oh, a nine. So no more daylight. Okay, so the daylight is gone, but luckily we're not paralyzed. Oh. Oh. Uh, Vorkoro, an 18 hits, right? Yeah. Okay, so then you are fit for 10 piercing. Pebble, you are up. Okay, I am. So this spell that I'm gonna cast, it's it's almost, it's like I couldn't stop it from happening. Um, because, I, and I look dissatisfied with the fact that it has, is I'm gonna Burning Hands, which is, and it's, it's like my uh, Reach to the Blaze one, that's like, I don't, I just get a use of it every day. Um, and so I'll do it in a 15-foot cone, which I think means I could hit one, eight, and four. Okay. Um, and so they need a dexterity save, uh, DC 14. Okay, one passes, eight fails, four fails. Okay, so those who fail take nine, and the one who passes takes four, I guess. Okay, so one takes four, eight, and four take nine. Oof. Okay, so three is coming up. Koro, holy shit, with a critical hit. Motherfucker! Oh, God. Shit. So that's going to be 15 slashing damage, and I'm going to need a constitution saving throw. I'm running next time, guys. There's nothing left for me to do here. Uh, that is a 18 constitution saving throw. Okay, you're safe for now. I, if I stay, I'm dead. Pebble, you are hit by number four. Mm-hmm. For 12 slashing, and I need a constitution save. Okay. That is a nine. You are paralyzed. Okay. For Koro. I. Um, no, no. I'm... You're attacking me, I know. Nine piercing. Are you ready for the good news, though? Sure. You all become aware that somebody else has entered the room. 
as heavy footfalls come rushing down the wooden stairs. And there in rushes a young Vistana woman with voluminous dark hair, cascading behind her like a cape. She holds aloft a rapier, which she first uses to endeavor to hit number seven, seven and drops number seven. Ooh. She goes again to number five, whom she, five is up, but was quite surprised at that unexpected blow. And then in her other hand, she holds aloft a hand axe and again levels it at number five. Hits four. Oof. Five is all of a sudden in a very bad way. Not bad enough. Dazzle, you are up. All right. Well, seeing Pebbles fire and this woman's immediate effectiveness, some renewed hope that we could actually get out of this, uh, let's punch at number five. All right. That's not going to do it, I don't think. Uh, that's a. Th- that's a 10. Nope, that does not do it. Okay, uh, a, a 25 should hit it, though. Yes, it definitely does. Uh, nine thunder damage. Five is down. Woo! do what you gotta do. Well, here's the thing. If I try to run, I'm gonna get opportunity attacks from four, three, six, and two, and that'll put me down. So I can't run. So I have to fight. So. H- hence the reason we haven't been running. It's not that we don't well, want I, to, it's that we can't. I, I know, but we probably should at some point, or else we're going to die anyway. Whatever. Uh, I'm going for number two. Sharpshooter. No! No, that doesn't hit. Going again. Are you sure? It, it, it's a. It's only a six. That, that one's okay. not going to hit. The second one is a 15. Does that hit? That does hit, yes. Thank fucking God. Uh, that's only, that only does 15 damage, though. Got it. That's enough. Ah! I'll take it. I should have taken out two, though! Jake, how you feeling about all this? Um, chilling, I would say, as a corpse does. <laughs> His worries are ever! I know more about how you were going to betray us, though. I'm really intrigued by what you were going to do. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll lay yeah. out the master plan after this. So, when you were asleep, I was going to get a rock. <laughs> oh, and... so you knew already! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pebble? Uh, I'm paralyzed. What do I do? Um, you can make a you can make a saving throw to try to break it. Con save? Yeah, but that's all you're gonna be able to do. All right, that's a twenty-two. Hey, oh, you're yeah. not paralyzed anymore. <laughs> <gasps> that's what I do when I come out of the paralysis. Three attempts to attack you, but misses. Four. Oh wow, misses. Five is dead. Six is gonna have to attack Rokoro because he can't get around you. So Rokoro is gonna take. Eight slashing and need to make a constitution save? Well, I'm down. Oh, no. So I'm making a con save after being down? No, I think at that point you're just down instead of of that. Okay. Okay. So the Vistana attempts to disengage, but gambles and loses on that. She is bitten, taking... Was she close enough? Well, that's... that's She she, she moved, yeah. And she's going to run over here and... Cast Lightning Bolt. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. So let's start. What is the DC? Nail. Fail. Pass. Fail. Four is a resilient fucker. <sighs> My stomach is in such a knot right now. I'm so <laughs> I'm so nervous. Really don't want to die. So, ooh. But wouldn't you know it? That's still just enough to drop four at <sighs> half damage. Ooh. And so it's gonna happen. Six, just six rows, but really rough. 
Three is out. Eight is out. Roast these odorous motherfuckers. Okay, well done, unnamed miss. Uh, number seven is down, Basil. Does she, does she want to join the party? This, this would be great. Um, I can fuck some people up. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we're, we're, we're swinging some thunder gauntlets at number nine here. That's a 21 to hit. That hits? Uh, for only six damage. Ugh. <laughs> all right. And then... I'm gonna move over to uh, next to number six and try to try to protect the corpse of or not the corpse, but the unconscious body of Vorkoro and try to punch this guy. Okay. Uh, that's a, a twenty-three to hit. Or ooh, here we go. Uh, for eleven thunder damage. Okay, six is out. Yes. Vorkoro, you know what I want. Yep. And one fair. Okay. Number nine is going to run up to engage the Vistana. Uh, attacking at disadvantage because of the gauntlet. Okay, you looked out because that was a 20 and a 2. Woo! And we're back to one. Who, where is Basil? Uh, over here. Because I think that, yeah, he's actually going to try to attack you. I think that's what makes the most sense to him. I don't think can kill her. Does he get an attack of opportunity? Yeah, you're going to from... get an attack. Um, I am going to, oops, I'll hit him with my mace. Uh, so that's gonna be a nine to hit. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Luckily, though, he's at least distracted by you well enough that he misses Basil entirely, and we're back to Pebble anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I will first level guiding bolt him. Oh, it's a nine. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm, I misread the die. That's seven, so that's 15 to hit. That hits. That is... It's 11 radiant Oof, damage. He is in real bad shape, but not down. All right, the Vistana looks like she's attempting to cast a spell at number nine, but it fizzles. And then we are back to Basil. All right, uh, I'm going to try to finish off number one. Okay. Uh, that's a 26 to hit. That hits. Figured it out. Ooh, max damage at 13. And he is down. All right, and then step over to number nine. Okay. Uh, 25 to hit for uh, 10 thunder damage. Okay, he's another resilient fucker. He's still in this. Shit. Wokoro. Oh, that's a success. So that's one and one? One and one. Okay. Pebble? Okay, so number nine is still yep. up. All right, I will run over to nine, and I'll hit it with a third-level guiding bolt. That's going to be... I'm cursed with nines. Nine to hit? Nope, sorry. Okay, that's all. Then we are back to the Vistana is going to once again try to... Ooh, that time she uh, her spell attack lands, and it is a crit. Finally. Finally? That's got to take it down, right? Um, not, not finally as in like, oh, she, like, how dare she miss so many attacks? Finally, like, we get out of this combat. She's the only reason we're alive, or at least the only reason Bokoro is alive. He is still up, but in a really bad way. Oh my god. And it is Basil's turn. Phoenix him! <sighs> Alright. That's not gonna hit. Uh, does a 12? Nope. Shit. 0 for 2. Oh, right. Oh, we really should have gotten Brokoro up by now. There's two failures. I am two to one. Double death. I really hope not! You have two fails? Two fails, one success. Okay. Pebble. All right, I'm gonna 
toss a third level healing word at Vercoro. Okay. For 12. I'm up. So I, <laughs> I'm probably sputtering blood. I'm fucking bleeding from a number of places. So you, you rise from the dead just in time to see the Vistana fall, the last ghoul with a firebolt. She's also having a hell of a time. I would, I would still get to my feet because the abbot is still in the room and I don't exactly trust him. To that point, now that a stillness returns to the room in the absence of the battle, the abbot does rise to his feet. And there's something, as, as disturbing as this experience has been, seeing this, this look of pain and fear and rage and betrayal on a face so angelically beautiful is somehow one of the more disturbing things you have encountered this evening. But he is feeling all of those things in abundance. And now into the, the emptiness of the still room, he shouts at you, do you see what you have done? Your lack of faith has sullied my work and compromised a century of labor. Get out of my sight. Get out. Sure, I'm gone. Fuck this guy. Uh, I, 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 want, I want to kill this guy. Yeah, same. Then let's keep the initiative and keep going. But I don't know if I have the strength to do that. You stay back and fire some arrows. Uh, fuck this guy. Yeah. Well, Basil, it is your turn if that's how you see that going down. Uh, I... Oh, I'm so like maybe this guy is just so much more powerful than we. Did he get hit with the fireball before? Um, eh, good question. Let's find out together, shall we? How much damage did I say you guys took from the fireball? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah, he did. How, how does that? How does he look from that? Like relatively unfazed, or like the like like, 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 like uh, that kind of actually? If you think about what was going on at the moment, that went off like right in his fucking face, and he's way more upset that uh the, the silka bride died and that he was hurt okay so maybe we don't want to fight this guy right now then uh so i i think but he didn't even do anything to help oh, us no, 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 no. Or... yeah I, I, like he sucks i'm not saying he doesn't but i'm saying we're all pretty weak right now and if he shrugged off strad's fireball we we maybe don't i don't know if we have this one right at this moment i want to hit him uh, so I think Basil charges over to him and is just yelling at him. It's like, our lack of faith, your monstrosity that you tortured all these poor people for, got our friend here killed. He stands up now to his full height, which is actually pretty impressive. Well enough to see that he's towering over you. And you realize that in his hand, he is holding a large, very heavy mace. She now whips at you for a 27 to hit. Oh, fuck. Okay. So yeah, that that does hit. That's the nine bludgeoning damage from the mace, and eighteen radiant oh, damage. God. Okay, I don't know what this guy is, but I don't want to fight him anymore. With the hit, he shouts, "Get!" And you imagine that the word "out" will be accompanying his second attack. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm dipping out. I'm, I'm scooping up Cork's body, which I probably need help carrying. Right. Hang on, are you still up? Yeah, no, I'm still up. I'm good. Is he attacking again, or? I mean, he's making a second attack. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I thought I was, I thought I was getting off with a one warning blow. Does a seventeen hit? No, it does not. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess we're getting out of there. Assuming that someone prepared to help you carry Cork. I got, I got a minus one to strength. I definitely can't carry Cork's big meaty body all uh, by my lonesome. I'm barely standing. I'm just getting the fuck out of there. I'll, I'll help. 
uh, Basil just kind of like as we're carrying Cork, like looks to the Vistana woman and just kind of like nods like a thank you. Well, she's she's getting out of there too. She's oh, okay. I, I don't know if, she, I, if she's from here. I don't know if she was, you know, this guy's no, assistant. She'll, she'll help you. Great. She'll help okay. You Great. Even. Let's let yeah. Let's do, let's do that. So that I guess I just speak to her. I say thank you. We, we, please, we could talk outside. This isn't sentiments. I can't afford for this one to become another like so many. I don't oh. no idea what you mean by that. I, I look forward to the explanation. We're going to have to burn Cork's body, obviously. The abbot does not even chase you out as far as the courtyard, for what it's worth to you. Oh, I say let's get out of the courtyard, too. Yeah, no, let's let's fully, fully, I mean, I was hoping we could, like, interrogate that dude, like, get some answers about, like, what was going on with that pond, but, yeah, no, let's get the hell out of here. I like how he just bitch-slapped you with a mace. Yeah, uh, that, that that went so poorly, so fast. So are we are we out of, we're fully out of the, the abbey? We can, we can be, yes. I mean, yeah. it's still a ways back into the center of the village. And uh, I, I, but... I just want to be beyond those walls. Okay. And maybe, maybe just like in the section between the gates and the walls, unless we're going to burn. Yeah. Or, or I get, unless we're just carrying Cork's body down the mountain. I mean, it was, it wasn't like a difficult trek, right? I think I, I, let's just get, let's get far away. Um, can we talk to this woman while we carry him? Absolutely. I, I, I'm sorry, you, we haven't been introduced, but my name is Basil. This, this was our, our good friend Cork. And what was your business here? We were escorting uh, a woman to, to safety who fell into this mysterious pond and there was a surge of magic and then the abbey started acting up and we thought it might be connected, so we rushed over and uh, well, then the devil arrived. Mm, yes, I was. Uh, I was lucky enough to escape that particular uh, that particular problem. I was not inclined to deal with the von Zarovich just at this moment. What What are you doing at the Abbey? I have only recently come to this place. I have my own business here. If I might introduce myself, I am known in lands abroad as Esmeralda Davigny, professional monster hunter. Oh shit. Well, we was very pleased to make your acquaintance. We've uh, we've failed a few monsters ourselves, so I wouldn't call us professionals quite yet. She very deliberately rolls her eyes at that claim. Uh, so, yeah, she's a she's a young Vistana woman with voluminous purplish black hair uh, and wearing a heavy reinforced riding coat. She for initially. For a moment, you think she's wearing two different boots, but you soon realize that while her left leg is clad in soft brown leather, the right is a prosthetic beginning just below the knee. Um, the armature is made of an elegant copper housing myriad interlocking cogs and sprockets. It is a very impressive leg you have there. <clears throat> well, it's uh, the work of Von Weird. It's, it's quite precious to me. The, the work of who? The... The artisan and toy maker on Weird. Is is that the dude that Blinsky was talking about? Like who was like the the uh who had like the masterwork that he was rambling about? Mm-hmm. I was hoping to learn more about Strahd from the priests here at the Abbey. You can imagine my disappointment. Uh where I come from, these lands and the devil Strahd are things of legend. But I seek to learn and perhaps do some good. I wonder, given what happened to your poor friend here, if that's not a challenge a bit beyond you. Ah, I'm wondering that myself, but I I don't think we have much choice. Strahd brought us here, and we're now trapped unless we can deal with him. We have five days to reach his castle. 
Interesting. It shouldn't take you more than three. But still cutting it pretty closely, considering we have absolutely nothing to fight him with. And we just got our asses handed to us by a bunch of dead people. I, I, I do have an idea on that front. The the Taraka card, the, the one that was leading us to the the Hill of Graves that the, the Marakovs were held, had agreed to lead us to, it, it implied that it would give us resources or at least knowledge to fight Strahd. It says, the card tells of history, knowledge of the ancient that will help you better understand your enemy. It would certainly be worth it for you to find it, if you could, if you, especially if you expect that you will be facing down Strahd in his castle. I should say, just from what I gathered from my, my view up the stairs, you are no slouches. You have now seen a vampire change its form at least once, and it seems that you know how to counteract its regenerative abilities. Well, he is unfortunately not the first vampire we've crossed paths with. What I mean is that if Strahd only took out one of your company, it means that he probably felt that you were more of a challenge than he had anticipated. Uh, if, if, if you were the source of the sunlight emanating up the stairs, then I'm sure that that actually hurt him very badly before he had to at last flee. But you should imagine that all things in Castle Ravenloft work towards his success as well as your failure. It would not be as easy. Uh, that's it's good advice. I don't imagine we are heading to Ravenloft in these next five days to fight him. Well, I suppose that's just as much his choice as it is yours. I have no business at Ravenloft myself. Where will your business take you? With all due respect, I'm not sure that I know you or your companions well enough to tell you all of my own goals. I have my own reasons for being here in this land, but perhaps we shall cross paths again. There is an abandoned tower on the shores of a lake. It was built by a wizard in the times before the mists. I will be sheltering there such as I am able. Perhaps you might seek me there if you learn anything else. We'll keep talking about this wizard. Uh, I, I Yes. We, we would greatly appreciate uh, the chance to speak again. Uh, if I might ask two questions of you. One, is, is Cork here in danger of becoming an undead? What do we need to do to prevent that? The laws governing what vampires can and will do are not as clear as one might assume. There is much we don't know and much that we, that we think might actually vary dramatically from one creature of darkness to the other. I, if I'm being perfectly frank, I would think that if there is any chance that he might rise again, you have a duty and in fact an obligation to destroy the body. Let us burn him and we shall honor this man who is most likely going to betray us. I don't know if I'm sold on that theory just yet, but I appreciate the warning. And my second question is, the the abbot, he is certainly more than mortal, like us. Well, he is quite insane, absolutely insane, and, and his plan ridiculous. But it Lord Strahd here, I had honestly hoped it would that I might learn more about him, although I'm not sure that I did. I, I witnessed him speaking celestial before, which is, is not a common language. I have traveled in lands where many priests and, and scholars of religion have learned the language of the angels. That he knew it does not prove anything to me in and of itself. I do not expect that he has yet passed out of my story, but should I survive it, I do not know how I will come to think of him. Uh, I was hoping for more concrete answers, but I understand not having one as we are perhaps more in the dark than you are. 
I don't mean to be to be playing at riddles. The truth is, I honestly don't think that there's anything I know of him that you do not know. He is deranged and he is dangerous, and he at least believes himself to be a servant to Lanzarovich. Yeah, well, I, I witnessed that danger firsthand. Basil winces at what has to be like a cracked rib. Uh, we are in your debt. You, you quite literally saved our lives today. Well, then hopefully when our paths cross again, there's more that we can do for each other. I feel the same. So thank you for everything you've done, and we will now attend to our friend. All right. So she sort of flutters off into the into the shadows cast by the snowy pine trees. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Basil ended up doing a lot of the talking. I don't know if Cora or Pebble wanted to ask her the same. I got everything I needed. All right. Um, so I guess we put the body down, and Basil kind of looks at the other two like, so are we going to... Are we, are we taking his stuff? I don't mean to be indelicate here, but Brett, like I, his Absolutely axe, not. Turn out say. his pockets. Let's see what this guy had on him. I mean, he dropped them all inside the abbey. Oh, is that how that works? That's how that works. Oh, damn. I thought maybe he'd still have some inventory stuff, like in a backpack or whatnot, but all right. Uh, I was really hoping we could keep his axe. I'll tell you, the, the axe, the axe that he was fighting with was dropped. Yeah. But anything else, yeah, we can say it's still affixed to him via backpack straps or whatever. Okay, so Jake, what's what's in your pockets, man? Oh, uh, a bunch of lint, I was saying. <laughs> um, let me look at what's actually in my inventory. Like, I, oh, man, I'm... I mean, it's pretty standard stuff. Um, yeah. And you can't have any of it. <laughs> it's I have a crossbow. I have a well, not anymore. Great axe. Um, a hunting trap, javelin. I have a masquerade tattoo, which I should have used, but it's attuned to me. Uh, quarter staff, bedroll, mess kit, rations, rope, tinderbox, water skin, torch. You should take Those, the rations. You should definitely take the rations. Yeah, twenty gold and two silver. Uh, do electrum should absolutely take the money too i would happily take the money as i have none all all yours how do i have so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right take take all that he said how many rations um one day's worth of rations you only have one day's worth of rations left how i have however many you have so yeah i've got um, i've got i've got six left oh then i guess i have six as well i probably all right so everybody take I guess two, two days worth of rations. Okay. Um, oh man, I, like I, I know we were like panicked and getting out of there quickly. I'm so mad we left that silver great axe. It was a great axe. It was a great axe. Um, all right. So does anyone else, else have anything they want to take? No. So I guess Basil takes a step back and is like, "Does anyone have any uh, words they'd like to say?" Fork may not have been a clean man. Nor was he tactful, but he was a hell of a fighter, better than either of you two. And it is a shame that we lost him, for had he tried, he most likely would have succeeded in killing us all and becoming the next Radzavich. Wow, I'm dead, but that means a lot. Cork, may you burn in the eternal fires of hell. (laughs) That's an an honor. It's an Uh. honor. Is is that is that a burst of dragon fire from your mouth there? Oh yeah, I would nice. Send that fucker up. All right, so I think I think we stopped there with us standing around Cork's 
burning body? Yeah. Do we have to make more constitution saves to not be poisoned by the smell of hot? <laughs> I was about to say, how, I would love that. How easily does he go up? Like, I was imagining him to be quite were... soggy. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think we maybe need to need to like build some kindling before he's totally engulfed. Like, build him like an actual little like mini funeral pyre. Yeah, pyre. That's what we need. Well, Jake, thank you so much for playing. I, Thank you I, guys. Hope you, I hope that you as a player and I sincerely hope that you as a player enjoyed the time that you spent in Barovia. So much. I mean, Barovia sucked as character, but as a player, it's a very cool world. I mean, you did um, character did lean right away pretty heavily into that whole okay, I'm I'm the I'm the chosen one. That's true. I guess it was pretty great as a character. <laughs> you were, was you, you that wasn't even a challenge for Cork. He was so excited about that dream. Well, he always kind of thought that he should be uh the ruler of everything so when oh, presented the opportunity all right well again thank you very much for playing um thank I you guys you enjoyed it and i hope that you're comfortable with how you, that you're you know, oh i could not have asked for uh yeah i mean if better you... death honestly that whole thing was so creepy and awesome that was definitely the worst like, battle we've had it was a and something else and i i just want to say this now mostly before i forget because i would like this to make it into the final cut of anything brian um, I didn't want to say anything before because this is a this is an adventure at the Abbey that is very near and dear to my heart as a DM. It is one that when I first read it really shook me to my core. And I'm very happy that now this is the third time that I've had players tell me that they are genuinely freaked out by it. Um, but something else I just want to say on top of that is that I personally, as a DM, do not um, will, will just say all, all, all my convictions. Fantasy madness is something distinctly different from real, real world mental illness. Um, as someone who has been personally touched by mental illness at various points in my life, you know, I, I mental illness is it's something internal, chemical imbalance, whatever you want to call it. Fantasy madness is just that. It is fantasy. It is inherently magic. Um, so what we're looking at here at the Abbey of St. Markovia should not, I don't want anybody to think that that reflects what I think mental illness looks like in the real world. It does not. Well said. Well said. Right. When you get turned into an animal creature in the real world, it's a lot different too. I mean, I'm sure it would fuck you up, but those are cool. Yeah, those those you did a great job. Those were so creepy. That that voice, my god, the donkey voice will haunt me. <laughs> yep. Um, wow. everyone, this has been our most distressing episode yet. Thank you all for listening. In the meantime, the rest of us are somehow still kicking, thanks to the timely intervention of Esmeralda. And when you hear from us next, there will be a new player in the party. I hope you hope you've enjoyed and I hope you stick with us. And I hope we stick with it because we're all very shocked and sad right now. So truly tragic. Thank you for listening and goodbye.